Welcome to the Home Project Podcast, where we talk about cultivating a thriving home and developing meaningful relationships. I'm Kelsey Harris, a therapist in training. And I'm Alicia Anderson, an intentional homemaker, helping women feel confident and authentic home life. This is where everyone has a seat at the table. Welcome to the Home Project Podcast. We're so excited you've joined us today. We're going to be talking about the importance of loving yourself well and why we need to embrace the love of Jesus first. Kelsey, my daughter, is going to be sharing about her journey and share how we can learn to love ourselves well. I think a good place to start is what does loving yourself even mean? And to me, loving yourself goes hand in hand with self-compassion. So to look at a definition, according to Dr. Kristen Neff, self-compassion is turning compassion inward. So if we're to break this down, um, I want to look at the definition of compassion by itself. So compassion is to recognize the suffering of others and then take action to help. Compassion embodies a tangible expression of love for those who are suffering. So to me, this makes me look at self-compassion and go, okay, so that's recognizing my own suffering and then taking action to help myself and showing myself love when I'm suffering. Um, which sounds maybe like a simple definition, but I think this is very difficult for a lot of people. So true. Like twofold. First, it's difficult to admit that you're suffering sometimes. That can be really frowned upon. Maybe you didn't grow up acknowledging when things were hard. Or maybe you are from a culture where it's not okay to talk about those things. So first, being able to go, you know what? I'm really not okay right now. Or I'm really struggling in this area is is kind of a difficult thing. I want to note the difference between self-esteem and self-compassion. Um, self-esteem in my eyes is simply like having confidence. And in a way, self can Self-esteem can feel cheap because most people can muster it up pretty quickly. It doesn't take very much to, well, I I guess it's very dependent on the situation, but generally speaking, oh, I need a little self-esteem boost. Tell me I look good. That's something really quickly and easily accessible where self-compassion is acknowledging the areas that you aren't perfect and then giving yourself grace like anyway, not in spite of. So, how do we love ourselves well? First, I think it's important to acknowledge where you've been mean to yourself. You have to become aware of what you've said to yourself or what you've agreed with, like maybe negative things that other people have said. Maybe a teacher called you dumb growing up in school and that stuck in your head and you have partnered with it and taken it on and the the minor any minor inconvenience that happens, you're like, oh, I'm so dumb. If that's like your first thought, that's an area where you're not being very kind to yourself. Or maybe you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I don't like my nose. Personally, for me, this this that was a big thing for me. I used to be so critical of my nose. Like, <laughs> I just thought it was too pointy. Or and even like, <clears throat> excuse me, things about my body, not liking and just being really mean, not out loud. Not even consciously, but if I think and become aware of it, like, ooh, I, I was kind of mean to myself. Mm-hmm. So I think to start, you have to become aware of that. 
and even apologize to yourself, which can feel a little weird, but is really powerful. Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about that concept in a, in a little bit, but that's a good starting place. And then I think a second step would be to rewrite the narrative in your mind as far as your self-talk. So when we're talking about inner talk, self-talk, I want you to think, whatever you're saying to yourself, would you say that to your best friend? Would you look your best friend in the face and be like, oh, you're so dumb. Can't you just get it together? Or if your best friend is crying a whole bunch, oh my gosh, you're so sensitive. Suck it up. Unless you have a very teasing relationship, I don't think that that would be very normal for you to say to your best friend. Another way to think of this is also picturing a five-year-old version of yourself and asking, what would you say to the five-year-old version of you? I went to Bethel's School of Supernatural Ministry, BSSM, and I took this class called Loving Yourself Well. Justin and Abby Stumval taught it. Um, and she went over this concept of if you wouldn't look a child version of you in the face and say it to them, you also shouldn't be saying it to yourself. So it's like another way to think of maybe... It's like a backup plan. If you wouldn't say it to your best friend, don't say it to yourself. And if you wouldn't say it to a five-year-old version of you, then don't say it to yourself. Mm, um, I like to have physical reminders. So for me, I printed out a picture of myself from when I was a kid and put it on my mirror. And then next to it wrote, what would you say to five-year-old Kels? That's so good. I think this is a big one for a lot of us. And the reality that just like you said, even in the subconscious or the unsubconscious of our mind how often that talk yeah so like the hardest part is becoming aware and catching yourself because sometimes it's almost fleeting you know you look in the mirror I don't like the way my stomach looks like maybe you're not consciously walking around all day being like I don't like my nose but it's like oh when you notice it it's a fleeting thought in your mind so I think also partnering with the Lord and saying like, Jesus, please help me take my thoughts captive. Yeah. Like, help me be aware of the thoughts that are damaging my heart and my soul. Um, so that brings me to the third point in how you love yourself well is to be kind to yourself and give yourself grace. It's not going to change overnight. You can't go from having an entire thought pattern ingrained in your brain for years and years to all of a sudden you're just like, everything's fine and I... Completely love myself. I think you can do big strides at a time, but it is the daily getting with the Lord, listening to his truth, like correcting negative things, looking at that baby picture of you. What do you actually want to say to a a child version of you? Like those are the different things um, that will give you change over time, but you got to give yourself grace in the process. Personally, I have been dealing with getting recovering from being an over-functioner. So this means basically, yeah, (laughs) over-functioner. This basically means that I, somewhere along in my brain, my brain decided productivity is the way of life. Uh, You probably learned that from your mother. Let's just be (laughs) honest here. Okay, I was going to be kind and I wasn't going to say that. You can say it. I'll admit it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so our family, (laughs) really, if we're honest, if if we're honest and vulnerable, our family has lived by productivity is the way of life. 
So I think we all have taken every spare 10 minutes we have, whatever. We have a day of rest. Cool. We can get all of these things in around the house. We can do all <laughs> these projects or whatever. And I didn't really even realize that this was a problem for me until I got married to my husband, who is the opposite. And he'll tell me like, yeah, your family learned productivity as a way of life. My family, maybe I need to work. Like I need to do more productive stuff. Right. Um, and so isn't that sweet? The Lord, we compliment each other. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so between my husband being like, can you just sit down somewhere? Like he's, and he was really like, he's stern with me because I'm stubborn and I need it. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's really sweet about it. Cause he's like, I want you to be able to run around with our kids and like enjoy a full life when we have kids. And if you run yourself into the ground right now, because you also are running your body into the ground by standing literally all day and running around, whatever, like then he, yeah. So that's just kind of what he was thinking. Like, yeah. Take care of yourself. So um, between that and talks with my therapist, it was like, hey, you are overfunctioning so hard that your body is in a constant state of overstimulation. Mm. So I basically just feel stressed out all the time. It's no way to live. No, it? it's no way to live. And I didn't even realize, like, again, even myself hadn't brought awareness to this area until my therapist was like, well, when you're like sitting down and just like, and you're trying to rest, is your mind racing? Like, is, do you feel like your heart's racing all the time? When you go down to sleep, is your mind whizzing with like the next day? I'm like, yes, I literally feel like my heart is racing all the time. And I like coffee, but I'm not like a, a super high caffeine mm. drinker. So I know that it's not like that sort of problem. Um, anyways, all of this to say, I have been intentionally working on Slowing myself down, not only with what I'm literally doing, but slowing my mind down and like just trying to be better at not filling every moment I have with productivity and not letting my mind race around. And I have been doing pretty good at this. However, there are still moments when I stress myself out because I'm like, oh, I need to do this and this and this. And Jordan's like, babe, you need to like sit down and you need to get with the Lord and slow your mind down too. And I'm like, Oh, you're right. So like, that's a moment where I could be like, why, what is wrong with me? Why can't I just stop over functioning? What the heck? But it's like my literal body has been functioning like this for so long that it's going to take time. So it's especially important in those moments for me to be like, oh, okay, whatever. If you like, if this feels natural to you, I talk to myself. <laughs> I'm like, hey body, sorry, we're going to, we're going to slow down for a second. Like, yeah. Or hey mind, let's slow down for a second. I think it's good that you point out um, I just was thinking as you were sitting here talking about how maybe for some it's not about your physical attributes, um, but it can be about characteristics and qualities that you you have. And like like we said, I also have been an over over functioner, <laughs> um, and that's what I grew up under. I didn't know any different. Like value of myself was equated to how busy I was, and if someone said, "Oh, you're so busy," it was like, "Oh yeah." But really, I also then in the moments, like you said, where I would sit down at night and I would be shattered, would be sitting there watching TV thinking, oh, I should be doing something. Mm -hmm. I'm being so lazy by just sitting here watching TV. Like I start the inner yeah. self-talk of just like being yeah. hard on yourself for not. You're an awful wife because you're yeah. sitting on the couch. Oh, <laughs> I should have just done that. I should have just unloaded the dishwasher because then tomorrow when I get up, I could do this. And, the, and we just yeah. start to like 
So it could not, it may not be about, oh, I don't like my nose or this. Like maybe you love your body and that's great. Yes. But there are other ways that you can not be loving yourself well. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually, I think that this is so pertinent to the world we live in today. This busyness that you're talking about is like a badge of honor. Mm. And I'm sick of it, honestly. Like (laughs) when people tell me now, like, cause I do have a full plate and they'll be like, oh, you sound so busy. And I'm like, no, literally don't tell me that. I don't, I don't want to be busy. I want to have hours just to sit with people at tables. But, um, like you're saying, especially for women, I feel like this happens. We're like, oh, well, let me just go unload the dishwasher. We go to unload the dishwasher and we see that all the tea towels are dirty. And we're like, oh, well, let me just like go start the laundry so that I can have clean towels to do my dishes. And then it never ends. Yes. Literally never. We start beating ourselves up for stopping. Yeah, and then you have like half finished things around the room. So all this to say, slow down. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can't, like uh, my therapist was like, well, are you able to take anything off your plate? And I'm like, honestly, no, there's nothing that can go in the season. So it's not really about making dramatic changes to my schedule. It's like when I get home at night, it will, the world will not end if I wake up to a sink full of dirty dishes yeah. because what I really need to do this evening is journal and sit with the Lord or I need to take a bath and try to not think about anything or I need to just like laugh with my husband. So the whole point of that is just give yourself some grace and don't feel overwhelmed if you're like, um, but I'm so far down in this hole and I just like don't have anything good to say about myself. There is light at the end of the tunnel and his name is Jesus. That's right. (laughs) So with that, um, a very, very important aspect, the most important aspect, I would say, of loving yourself well is to first understand the love that Jesus has for you. To be able to live with this mercy for ourselves, you have to recognize that God has that mercy for us. His love is fierce and unconditional, which is a very, very big one. If you read any part of the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus's love is not really dependent on any actions or achievements or status. Um, I've recently been watching The Chosen again, which is just, oh, it's so good. And they start out in the Gospels and kind of just going through Jesus, what Jesus's life might have been like. And it's just, it's an, it gives you a really great perspective of this is literally him like approaching the leper, approaching people, demonized people that are like, growling at his disciples who and they're all like they're all on guard with their (laughs) their like swords and stuff and they're like oh like scared of him and the lord's like oh like you know whatever cast out the demon and then he rushes to him and he's like there's there's hope friend so just to recognize jesus god holy spirit all the same thing right I, i interchange them a lot so hopefully you can keep up with me um when i'm talking but he has given us the ultimate gift of grace and he loves you so much. So why would you not love yourself? If you love the Lord and you're about his business and he's about you, why would you not love yourself? Um, even if we look at the cross, like Jesus's ultimate example of loving us was literally taking our suffering and our pain on the cross so that we wouldn't have to endure that payment for our sins ourselves. Um, and that love is powerful. That's not a passive love. Like, no, it's not. To go and literally 
come on earth, live as a man when he didn't have to, deal with earthly temptations, earthly emotions, pain, and then go and endure the most intense physical and emotional and spiritual, like whatever, on the cross. That's not a passive love. That is a powerful love. And that love, I think, actually empowers us to live transformed lives. Obviously, Jesus, when he left, he gave us, sent us the Holy Spirit. We are meant to love others selflessly and reflect the nature of Jesus in those relationships with loving people. So also, if you think about in Mark 12, 31, we are to love others as we love ourselves. So (laughs) if you are not loving yourself, I would venture to say you're probably not loving others very well. And that can hurt a little bit. That hurts. (laughs) There's so much truth. But if you really think about it, it's like you'll only be able to love them to a point. Or even if you think you're loving them, biblically, if you're not, you're only loving them as you love yourself. So if you don't love yourself, I, I don't know. Like, I guess it could be possible, but I would venture to say that you're not really showing the love of Jesus to others in the way that you should. And that's heavy. Like, this whole thing is heavy, but you have to understand this to move forward. If you have not spent time sitting with the Lord, letting him tell you what he thinks about you, then there's really no point for you to be listening to this and for you to be thinking about loving yourself well, because we can't do anything in our own strength. So you're going to need the Lord to help you and be kind to you and remind you what you're saying to yourself and how to fix that. He's given us so much grace. Yes. And I think there are so many seasons where I didn't even have grace for myself, which then, like you just said, it translated to me not having grace for people around me. Yeah. Because I had so much self-hatred and so much um, self-criticism that that then spilled out into my relationships with my family, with my husband around me. So honestly, just learning to really fully have that revelation of God's grace and what he gives us is really a big big part of this. Yeah, exactly. I think when we grasp that his love isn't based on our performance or perfection, then we're able to better accept ourselves with all of the flaws. You really have to receive his forgiveness and be able to let go of guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. And then that freedom will allow you to move forward in grace. So once you understand you have a revelation of the love of God, Um, and if you haven't, if you haven't experienced that, I encourage you to text a friend that, you know, hears from the Lord, has a relationship with the Lord message us. Um, we would love to like jump on a call and just talk to you and and pray with you or get into a church service near you or a worship night. And just, there really is something unexplainable and unrecreatable about an encounter with the love. And I think if you have that encounter first, the rest will be a lot easier. Won't be all the way easy, but it, it, it's you. Ugh. I'm just getting emotional. It's okay. It is too good of a love to pass by. Like, so I just urge you, if you haven't had that experience, like seriously, it might feel so weird and to message us on Instagram and be like, hi, I've never experienced the love of God, but would you please? Because we would be honored to pray with you and just like invite the Lord into that space and 
I know he loves to show up for those that he loves. So, anyways, woo. Got us all crying here. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that we are on the fourth episode and I'm just now crying <laughs> because I'm a big crier, <laughs> which honestly used to be something that I was very critical of myself, which I will share here in a moment. Um, so, yeah. Encounter his love, understand his love, then come back and listen to the rest of this and get the tools <laughs> to, to really love yourself well. Um, the next part of this is getting over self-criticism. So we kind of touched on it before, but in order to fully love yourself, you have to get over self-criticism. I'd venture to say that the love of Jesus challenges our self-criticism. Because it's, again, when you go into that place of encounter and you're like, Lord, I hate my nose. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Tell him, you know. I bet that he'll look at you, you know, in your mind if this is your, like, encounter. You're imagining. And he'd be like, that's funny. That's my favorite thing about you. Like, I feel like that's something the Lord would say. Um, But, yeah, his love is just so fierce that it will challenge every aspect of criticism that you have. If you're able to let him in understand your identity through him and then view yourself through the lens that he sees you go and find scripture there's so much scripture about what the lord thinks of us and what the lord says about his children go and make that the literal lifeline of your heart and mind and soul like post those babies on post-it notes everywhere so that you get it in your brain the lord loves me and he thinks this of me He really sees us as beloved children who are worthy of love and compassion. So I think we can show ourselves some love too. So with getting over self-criticism, while some of it might be your own thoughts, some of it might also be lies that you are internalizing or areas where you're unknowingly partnering with the enemy Mm. who's trying to trick you in your brain. Um, And just tell you like, oh yeah, you are not, you're not worth friendship. You are a crappy friend. And you're like, yeah, oh my gosh, I'm the worst friend. No one loves me. The enemy's sole job is to get into your head, get you thinking negatively, and then to isolate you. He likes to twist the truth. He really does. I think this happened to me the other day. Someone, well, my husband said something to me wasn't unkind at all I don't even remember what it was but instantly I was like oh he probably meant this and then I went into a spiral of lies and I heard the Holy Spirit say to me why don't you ask me what I think about you Mm. I was like okay (laughs) so I um I kind of let it sit and then the next morning I got up to do my devotions and I literally wrote at the top of the page what do you think about me, Lord? And I just allowed the Holy Spirit to just show me some things that he thought about me. And I was like, okay, this is going to be my truth for today. And this yeah. is going to be the things I'm going to speak over myself. Um, another verse that I think has been super helpful for me is Ephesians 6. It's, it's about the armor of God, but Ephesians 6, 14 says to put on the truth, the belt of truth. And so I literally will pray that, that Lord, today I will wear the belt of truth over my mind yeah. and the helmet of salvation, that my thoughts that are not 
godly, that are not uplifting, that are not kind and compassionate towards myself, that you would help me to remove those lies, help me to see them and recognize them. Because sometimes they're, like you said, they just kind of swirling around in there. And so Holy Spirit, would you show me those moments, like put a tug in my heart? And then it's like removing the lies and then replacing it with the truth of what God says. And that's why even just you talking about us knowing the love of Christ, how important that is for us to understand what he says about us so that we have a truth to replace in that area where we've pulled out a lie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I also had a similar situation the other day. Um, I was, you know, in the very fun part of my menstrual cycle. (laughs) Um, It was very hormonal, which... I'm sure we will talk about one day on another podcast, all fun things hormone related. But um, I had a temptation. I woke up and wasn't in a great headspace, was really feeling high hormones, high emotions. And I so badly was like, all of a sudden I'm like, why hasn't Jordan told me that I am the most beautiful thing that he's ever seen today? Like, and I had the temptation. I wanted to like turn him and be like, why aren't you doing this? Not in like a mean way, but in like a, I'm so heartbroken. Why haven't you told me that I'm beautiful? And I literally, I did two things. I texted my best friend. I said, hi, please help me. (laughs) I said, "Um, I'm having a very hormonal day. I am very tempted to start a whole discussion with my husband about how he's not telling me that I'm the most beautiful thing he's ever seen when I know that he thinks that. Like, please tell me that I'm crazy or something. And she had the best response. She was like, girl, I completely understand. It's like if they don't tell you every two hours, your body's like, well, but I think maybe they were lying the time before, so I need to hear it again. (laughs) So she, like, totally validated me, not in, like, letting me feel like, oh, yeah, I had permission to go, like, be mad at Jordan now. But in, like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, this is just emotions. But then I really felt the tug of the Lord, like, why don't you ask me what I think of you? And I was like, oh, okay. Which, I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to, okay? Like, I, <laughs> I, I love the Lord, and I love to be with him, but there are days where I'm like, no, I don't really want to come to you because I just want to sit here in my pity party first. I'm, I'm happy sitting in I'm like, alone. yeah, it's just like, I'm good. I'm good over here. It's like, it's emotional. It's whatever. So I sat down. And I'm like, okay, Lord, fine. What do you think of me? And it literally was like, I heard him be like, I think you are the most beautiful girl I've ever seen, which obviously I know he probably thinks that about everybody, but that meant more to me and me sitting with that and letting that truth of like the Lord created all of my features intentionally because including your nose, including my nose, which I now love by the way, um, like, and he thinks I'm beautiful. That meant more to me than if Jordan would have said, maybe you look so beautiful today, which does mean a lot, but should not be my lifeline for my worth and how I view myself. So what you're saying, yeah, like taking your thoughts captive, asking the Lord to help you, and then replacing that with his truth. So another point I have is a good daily practice is to get up and say, before you even leave your bed, before you touch your phone, Jesus, what do you think about me? Mm -hmm. And let his truth wash over you and let his love be like a shield to your mind and your heart, and then criticism will just roll off your back all day, and it won't have any place to stick or land because you have covered yourself, like you're saying, with the armor of the word and armor of the Lord's love. A different part of getting over self-criticism is practicing gratitude. 
Gratitude literally squashes criticism. Not only gratitude about yourself, but like gratitude about everything also squashes criticize criticism about everything, not just yourself. Um, literally in psychological research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. I was doing some research on this and it said gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity and bring strong relationships. That article was also talking about gratitude, like literally helps physical health, but also mental health too. Um, I just think that's crazy. Like, but so true. If you get up in the morning, say you start scrolling on your phone. That's the first thing you do. You don't even think about the Lord. You don't talk to your husband. You turn to your phone. Oh, so-and-so got their hair done. Wish I could get my hair done. Oh, so-and-so like looks so good in that outfit. I wish I looked like that in that outfit. Like you are just literally opening the door for comparison and then criticism where if you go, you sit with the Lord and you're like, oh. Lord, thank you for another day with breath in my lungs. Thank you for this house that you've given me or an apartment. Like, mine's an apartment. I'm like, thank you for my little apartment that I love. Thank you that you're giving me the opportunity to be on a podcast today with my mom. Thank you for my hair. Like, literally, I try to just go through and be like, anything I see that I'm grateful for and then just really, like, with intention, something that I want to focus on, like, what am I really thankful for? I think even taking a minute to write it down for some of you, maybe you need to journal that, like. Oh, yeah, I, I always journal. I actually have notes in my phone, like, when the Lord shares those things with me, when I ask him, what do you see in me? Because there are some days where I need that reinforcement, just like Kelsey was saying, like, I wish someone would just, like, I can go to my note thing and say, but here's what the Lord says here's about what me. Here's what you said, yeah. So I can be rest assured. And sometimes even for me, it's reading them out loud over myself so that my own inner man hears mm-hmm. me verbally saying them out loud. Like, yeah. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am beautiful. I am created in your image. Whatever those things are that he shared with you, like speaking them out over yourself. Absolutely. Um, I think also with self-criticism... If we are self-critical, we're more than likely missing an aspect of why the Lord created us or something that he created intentionally. Because you cannot tell me that the Lord who created the whole earth put the grains of the sand, who knows the number of grains of sand, knows the hairs on your head, did not make you specifically the way you are for a reason. Now, Of course, I'm not talking about areas where you are unhealthy or maybe you've been through something traumatic and so there are like broken parts of you. I'm talking about fundamentals of your character. So, for example, for me, I grew up a very emotional person. Um, I got told that I was oversensitive a lot, that I was moody, the whole nine yards. And I internalized that for a long time and I, I was so critical. Oh, why do I cry about everything? Oh, why can't I just get it together? Why do I let things affect me so much? And when I actually truly encountered the love of the Lord, I realized, oh, he intentionally made me a sensitive person Mm -hmm. because I have the gift of discernment. So, and that's for worship leading. That's for the deep compassion that he's given Mm -hmm. me for other people. 
I'm literally training to be a therapist. Specifically, I feel like um, to be a trauma therapist for children. Well, if I don't have any compassion, I'm not going to be able to deal with the very dark and heavy stuff that's going to come through my office as a therapist. So when I was criticizing myself, I was missing an entire aspect of the Lord going, no, I literally gave you this sensitivity and this gift of discernment because I need, I wanted that in you. I need that in you. I just take that a step further. We are created in the image of Christ. So when we don't see that revelation of ourselves, we're actually also missing a revelation of who God is. And you're criticizing. Yeah. The Lord, probably. Yeah. I mean, that is just. Yeah. No, you're so right. Yeah. So there's an aspect of his love that we haven't experienced the full revelation of yet in that area. You're right. If he made us in his image. I might have to go sit with Jesus after this podcast. (laughs) I'm like, oh, so sorry. I'm going to have to go repent for like criticizing you, Lord, (laughs) criticizing myself. That's so true. So if you've made it this far, you have recognized where you've been mean to yourself. You have encountered the love of the Lord. You have sat and repented with him for your criticism and gotten over some self-criticism. Then we're going to look briefly into the practice of self-care, which I think is important in self-love. And even Jesus, his own love, has encouraged us to have self-care. If we understand that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, if if we look in um, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, I actually just want to read it. It says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So essentially saying, the Lord has paid for you to live free. Mm. He gave his life. He endured unbelievable suffering so that you could be free and that you could have the Holy Spirit within you. But now you're you are the temple. Of course, like that can mean so many things, but I think that also literally means our our bodies. Yeah. We are to take care of our bodies. So understanding that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, this should motivate us to care for ourselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually, almost in like a reverence for the fact that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And I'm not saying this from a high horse, like I have so much to grow in as far as self-care, health, in all the areas. Um, Which brings me to another point, that self-care will look different for everyone. Self-care does not always have to be selfish, Mm. but it should just be something that recharges and refreshes you. Fun fact, binging TV shows is not self-care. If you um, think about it, Maybe about two episodes in, you probably would feel worse off than when you first sat down because all TV does is kind of hypnotize you and kind of just numb you out. Um, so I'm talking about things that will refresh your heart and your soul. That's good. So self-care should involve something that helps you live well and something that will boost your physical and mental health. So for some practical examples... Making a really delicious and healthy meal for yourself, going on a walk, relaxing, pampering yourself, taking a bath, doing 
face mask, hair mask. If you're like, if you understand the everything shower as a girl where you like do the whole nine yards, (laughs) that, um, spending time with a friend, even setting a boundary can be self care. If it's with someone that is kind of hindering, you know, with your overall well-being. But it's going to look different for everybody. And it also should not be a routine thing because it might look different depending on the day and, or week. With self-care and taking a little more look inward, this brings me to think about the balance between humility and self-love. Because while we do want to be a people that loves ourselves well, we do not want to be a selfish people. That's not what God wanted. So while we can love ourselves through the love of God that we understand, Mm -hmm. it is equally as important to recognize that we depend on God. Anything we achieve or accomplish or have in our life are gifts from him. Essentially, you have to know without him, you're nothing. Like, you need the Lord. And so part of this humility is acknowledging your imperfections and acknowledging that there is always room for growth. Loving yourself does not mean walking around like, hey, I'm the best thing that you've ever seen, <laughs> like with no flaws. Ultimately, loving yourself well is giving yourself grace and acceptance for where you're at, but then also realizing that there might be some self-improvement to be done. For example, I can love and accept my body as it is while understanding that there are some healthy choices and changes that I need to make. That's good. I think that's a hard one probably for women is to be accepting of themselves, especially in the area of our body and health, and yet be also recognize that we need to make changes. Well, yeah, because I think a lot of us are afraid that self-acceptance means that nothing will change, which is not true. Actually, your body responds more to kind acceptance and self-talk than it does self-hatred. I literally just had this conversation with myself (laughs) this morning. (laughs) Not not celebrating what I've done and just being frustrated about what I haven't done. And it was like, okay, I actually have to yeah. take a minute to yeah. say thank you to my body for doing some hard work lately and actually getting healthy, even though I maybe aren't not where I want to be yet. Yeah, exactly. Just because you can, like take a moment to celebrate where you are doesn't mean that your journey has ended. It's just milestones. Yeah. Which this again, like humility just leads me to think about Jesus when he was here on earth. Again, reading the Gospels, watching The Chosen. Please go watch it if you haven't watched it. It's just a great way to have a different perspective on the Bible. But um, he knew his identity as the Son of God, and yet he also embraced it with humility. He approached his whole mission with humility and obedience, and he was always like, well, the Father says it's not my time, or well, I need to go and pray and be with him. But he also wasn't afraid to say, hello, I am the son of God. I am here to save you. Like, you know, um, so just a reminder that Jesus had both identity and humility and so can you. So to kind of wrap up, I want to just give these few sentences that are actually from a um, handout that I got from Justin and Abby Stumval's class, Loving Yourself Well. They said these statements, loving yourself can change in every season. Loving yourself is a journey and it is not a formula. Loving yourself is taking care of your future self while not neglecting your present self. 
I think that's a great place to end. Um, And we really want to hear from you guys as listeners. What parts of loving yourself well feels hard? What of this today has resonated with you? And what's been your experience with loving yourself or self-criticism? We would love to hear from you. Yeah, it'd be great to hear from you. You can message us on Instagram to share your thoughts. Or as Kelsey had mentioned earlier, if you haven't experienced the love of God and this is something you desire, please reach out. We would love to pray with you. We would love to share with you. You, Our handle is thehomeproject.co. That's .co. On Instagram. On Instagram. Thank you. Make sure that you're following the podcast so you can stay up to date with each episode that we'll be releasing every Friday. And if you want to head over to our website at www.thehomeproject.co, you can put your email in and we would love to have you join our community. That way we can keep you up to date with all of the new releases of things that are coming out and share with you. Uh, Next week, we are going to be talking about studying the Word of God, and I am really looking forward to this. Kelsey and I are going to share a lot of our journey and just the things that we have learned over the years. Thanks again for listening. 